Thanks for joining us here at Temple Baptist Church in Centralia, Illinois, where we are a community of people who are not perfect and don't pretend to be. If you would like to see other resources or learn more about our ministry, check out www.tbccentralia.com. Our hope and prayer is that through the following message, you are encouraged, blessed, and inspired to meet the Lord in a powerful way. Well, I don't know how to start my sermon now because I always say God is good. (laughs) Brian's already took care of that for me. Seems like forever since I've been up here. And uh, we're glad to have Brother Ronnie with us for the last month. And and, uh, did you enjoy his messages? Amen. Well, mine's not going to be quite like his. Uh, we are we are really thrilled for the uh, guests that we have with us, and hope and pray that you come back and visit with us often, and be with us. <laughs> I love reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and I love the way that Jesus tells parables. Have you ever read a parable? Yeah, yeah. If you've if you've read the uh, the the Gospels, then you've read a parable. And I always thought, you know, if Jesus said, "Let's use a story." to bring out a message, if it's good enough for him, it's good enough for me, amen? So I'm going to tell you a story, and it happens to be a true story uh, about uh, three young boys back in the 60s. Anybody remember the 60s? It was kind of a wild time, especially for uh, a 16 and a 14 and a 12-year-old boy, and the 14-year-old boy happened to be me, so I, I'm telling you this story very firsthand. And back in those days, <coughs> we didn't have video games, we didn't have uh, uh, cell phones, we didn't have any of the modern technology that we have today that, that Brother Ronnie so loves. And, uh, but we didn't, we didn't have those things, so we had to kind of amuse ourselves. <coughs> and... One winter day, uh, we decided that we were going to go raccoon hunting, or coon hunting as it's known around here. And have, has any of you ever went coon hunting? Yeah, okay, there's a few of us that did, a few of us that were kind of goofy. After, after I grew up and, and realized that, that coon hunting was kind of crazy because there's so many middles in it, middle of the night, middle of the woods, and you usually fall in the middle of the creek. <laughs> that I, I give that up. But as a 14-year-old boy, we didn't have anything else to do, and so we decided that we were going to go coon hunting. And my cousin had this dog, and therefore the reason for the dog on, on, the, on, the, uh, on the screen. But this dog was a real hunter. I mean, he loved to hunt. And whenever he got to a tree and he had something treed, he would stay there at that tree and bark and bark and bark so we knew where it was at uh, so that we could go find it. Now, when you get there, it may be a raccoon, it may be a possum, it may be a squirrel, or he may have a skunk treed in the ground. He was a great dog. But if he went out of sight or went out of hearing range, he was, he was chasing a deer. And... This, how, this is how great this dog was. So we all 
got on and got all uh, ready to go coon hunting. And, and uh, I don't know whether it, any of you remember what a carbide light is. Well, we, we had these little fedora hats. Everybody know what a fedora hat is? Had this little metal bracket on the front. And we all had a new brass carbide light. Now, for those of you who do not understand what a carbide light is, it's a little brass thing about, about this big around, about this tall, and it's got this chrome globe on the front of it. And you put carbide in one side, and then you put water in the other side, and as the water drips into the, to the carbide, it creates a settling gas. And on this, on this reflector on the front, there was like a cigarette lighter, you know, a flint and a, and a wheel. And you would flip that and it would light the gas coming out of the carbide. And <laughs> you would have a flame about three quarters of an inch long if you had a real good one. Now, the great thing about these carbide lights back then is when they were walking, you could see probably 10 feet ahead of you. But when you come up to the tree where the dog had something treed, it didn't matter if that tree was 60 feet tall and there was something up there. You could see these two red little marble-like things. The eyes of whatever was up there just shined. And, and you could see it for 60, 70 feet up in, in, the, in the tree. And if you were a really good coon hunter, which I'll get into my story a little bit later, but you carried a 22, And back in those days, Ray could shoot between those two eyes. Can't do it anymore. I'd have to have 12 gauge. But anyway, we decided we was going to go coon hunting. And we got our carbide lights and we got our, our bib overalls on and, and got our 22s out and, <coughs> and began to uh, go down. It's now called Meridian Road, which is, is the, the, uh, the between Clinton County and Marion County. And we went down there, and we, we was talking to this guy who owned a farm, and we asked him, we said, is it okay if we hunt on you? He said, sure. But he said, hunt out in the woods, along the creek, wherever you want to, but do not, do not get in my pasture because I have a bull that is mean, and he is big. And let me say one more time, this bull is mean and doesn't like people. Okay, we got that. So we go out, we go out down, uh, go around his pasture and down out in the woods and we hear the dog barking and <coughs> we go out there and uh, uh, the dog has something treed. We look up there and we see these two eyeballs and we shoot it and it comes crashing down and it happens to be a possum. Now, a possum isn't worth anything. If it would have been a raccoon, it would probably have been about $15 after we got it skinned out. But a possum, if you've ever felt a possum, they do not make good gloves or good fur or anything. <coughs> but a raccoon did. So... We, we made sure that the possum was dead, and, and the dog took off again like a good dog should, and it went, oh, 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 And we were listening, and it kept going and going and going, and we knew it had a deer. So since we were hunting very close to, uh, to our cousin's house, he said, it's all right. He said, we might as well go home. He said, the dog will be home in the morning. He said, it'll get hungry. 
and he knows where his food is. So we head back, and we are walking through brush and briars and thistles and saplings, and we're having a terrible, terrible time walking. And we are walking like three feet from this fence. And we look across the fence, and it is where the cattle had been in there. It, the, all the weeds and stuff was gone. It was almost like walking in your yard. And we said, man, it'd be easy walking out there. But Glendine said, but the bull. We can't get in there. The bull. But it sure would be a lot easier walking. I mean, we were having to carry our 22s over our head. It was so bad. And one of us, and I'm not going to say which one. If my brother was here, I'd tell you it was him. Said, if we get on the other side of the fence, stay close to the fence, I think we can get over to the road pretty quick. So, us three boys crossed this barbed wire fence. Three-strand barbed wire. I'll never forget it. That's all they used back in the day. And we've got our, got our guns down, and, and we're walking and looking around, making sure that bull don't come. And we walk, and before too long, we kind of get over into a corner. <coughs> Somebody turns around and we see these two little red eyes coming like this at us. I mean, it's coming quick. My brother, who is the oldest, went over the fence. My cousin, who was the youngest, rolled under the fence. And I went through the fence. And as we were laying there catching our breath and letting our hearts slow down... That old dog come up and licked Glendine's face. <laughs> True story. Now, I told you that story for a reason. And one of the reasons is sometimes walking for the Lord is hard. Sometimes, as we look across the fence... And we think the grass is greener on the other side of the fence. That it would be easy. Very easy to walk. Now also back in those days. My grandparents who lived right down the road from where we were. Always had a couple of old milk cows. Because grandma liked to make butter. And grandpa liked to drink milk. So it worked out real well for them. But talking about those three strand barbed wire fences. Have you ever seen a cow stick its head through the fence? And pretty soon it gets its front feet through the fence. Well, my grandpa put a yoke on his. And I don't know whether any of you could really uh, consider what my grandpa uses. Uh, he, he called it a yoke. He would go out to the woods and cut a, a fork out of a tree. And he would stick that fork up under, up under that cow's neck. And he would tie a, a, a wire across it so it would, so it would stay on there. And he would, he would have this great big yoke on his cow's neck. And it was to keep it from getting through the fence. Now, when we crossed the fence, it was easy walking. 
But if you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 and 30 to 30. It's some very, very familiar scripture. And as I, th- as I think about these, these verses, I think once in a while we need that yoke that Grandpa put on his cows on us to keep us on the inside of God's fences. We need that so that even though we are tempted and we might stick our head through the fence to find and dabble in sin just a little bit, we have that assurance that we're not going to be able to get through and break through the fence. And we need to have a yoke on us. And <coughs> Jesus said... He said in Matthew eleven twenty eight, he said, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke, get this, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We all like easy stuff, don't we? Amen? We all like easy. All you women use the microwave a lot more than what my grandma did, because it's easy. It's quick, and Grandma didn't have a microwave anyway. But we like things easy. We like, we like uh, to think that uh, as we go through this life, life could be easy. And it should be, if we're a born-again believer in Jesus Christ, everything should be rosy. And I think of that old Lynn Anderson country song, I never promised you a rose garden. Being a Christian is not the easiest thing in the world to do. But if we rely on Jesus and trust him and love him like he told us to, then it is a lot easier. Amen? Problem is, we like to stick our head through the fence and get some of that grass that's on the outside there just a little bit. And that's when we get ourselves into trouble. Now, another thing that I want to bring out of this this little story is when we saw those two red eyeballs coming at us, our hearts began to pound. We began to breathe really hard, and we began to run. And we began to run for shelter. We began to look for something, and I found that fear actually forces us to run to cover. Whenever we're out in, in the world out there and someone says something to us and, and we begin to, get, begin to get afraid, we begin to run for cover. How many of you, the first thing that you do whenever something really bad happens is hit your knees to pray? We do that. The world does that. You know uh, that whenever something happens to someone who doesn't actually ever come to church, what do they do? Is this Temple Baptist Church? Would you put me on your prayer list? Or would you put me on? Would you pray for me and my family? You see, we we, we begin to need that that safety and security that only God can give. When we were laying there under, uh, got through that fence and, and was laying back there in the briars and thistles again, we were, we were looking for safety. And my friend, the only safe place in this old world is in the arms of Jesus. That's the only place that you can really find rest and peace in the arms of Jesus. How often do we run for cover? When we dabble on the other side of, the, of God's fence, if you will. 
and we see the danger coming at us, we run for cover. Sure, it would have been a lot easier for us to have walked in the briars. It would have been a lot less scary, but we would have been safe. And we would have been where we were told to be. You see, God tells us where to walk. He says to walk in him. Walk in the light. But if we're not careful, we look over and we see our neighbor who's doing so well but never goes to church. He's doing so well. Why can't I do that? I'm doing my very best to follow Jesus, but my neighbor is doing, is doing his very best to get through this world a whole lot easier than what I am. Why, why, what's happening? And we begin to look around and not rely on God and not trust God, and we find ourselves in a little bit of trouble. Amen? And then we, then we hit our knees and we begin to pray. And then God, the great God that I serve, he says, okay, I'll take care of it. Now, you see, I see that Satan attacks us and makes us run back. When Satan attacks us, he makes us to run back and find cover. Now, the good thing that I found out about God, let me, let me back up just a little bit. Talking about fear and forcing brings me back to Genesis chapter 3. I love Genesis chapter 3, and that's from where Adam and Eve fell from the grace. Everybody know the story? Everybody knows the story about Adam and Eve? Who's at fault? Huh? Whose fault was it? <laughs> the women are saying, the men. The men are saying, the women. <laughs> it was actually all three's fault. The serpent and the woman and the man. It was all three. But when after they fell, Jesus was walking in the garden and he, he knew where Adam was, didn't he? Sure he did. God knows everything. He knows what you're thinking about now. Oh, no. Let's get back on the message. <laughs> he knows exactly what you're thinking about. He knew where Adam was. And as he was walking through the garden, he said, and they heard, and Adam and Eve said, and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. Then the Lord called to Adam and said, where are you? And he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked. And God said, who told you you were naked? He knew what they had done. Amen? You see, God knows everything about you. You can't hide from God. <coughs> he, knows, he knows that where you are at all times, and no matter how hard you try to hide from God, he knows exactly where you are. He knows exactly what your spiritual life is. He knows exactly what your thoughts are. He knows exactly what your addictions are. He knows exactly what your sins are. He knows everything about you, and you cannot hide from God. 
no matter how hard we tried to hide from that bull, <laughs> we thought he was still coming. Now, one more point. God's, I, do you like that, the picture of the puppy? I told Debbie, I said, give me a real friendly puppy or a friendly dog. And this is a picture she picked out. And it's kind of like that old coon hound when he run up there and we were all laying there scared to death and he licked Glenn's face. In other words, I'm here and you're safe. Amen? You see, when we get in these predicaments where we're scared and where we don't know what to do, and we have run as far as we can run, God's love is like a lick in the face. Amen? All you dog people love that, don't you? Yeah, you like for your dog to lick your face. <laughs> Psalms chapter 80, verses 7, or 3 through 7. That lick in the face means that that dog loves you. Yeah. That's what it means. That you have taken care of him. That it loves you. Restore us, O oh God. Cause your, cause your face to shine and we shall be saved. O oh Lord, God of hosts, how long will you be angry against the prayer of your people? You have fed them with the bread of tears and have given them tears to drink in great measure. You have made us a strife to our neighbors and to our enemies. Our enemies laugh among us. Restore to us, O oh God of hosts. Cause your face to shine and we shall be saved. No matter how many mistakes you make, no matter how many times you climb over the fence, where you think it's easier walking, no matter how many times you stray from God, the God that I serve and the God that you serve will restore his love to you. He will restore you back to where you should be. Most people don't realize it, but at times, we are the perfect Christian. You ever been the perfect Christian? Sure you have. Have you ever asked God to forgive you of all your sins? Have you done that? Well, for that second, you're a perfect Christian. It don't take long to mess it up. But when God says he will forgive you, he casts that into the sea of forgetfulness and there's no fishing sign there. It's gone. No matter how many times we jump the fence and get in there where danger is, where the bull is. And by the way, uh, kind of a side note on that story, we never did see the bull, and I don't even know if that guy had one. <laughs> but he made believers out of us. No matter where you are, no matter how bad you think you've messed up, if you go back to God, God will love you. 
And God will forgive you. And God will restore you to what you need to be and for what God wants you to be. Now, I don't want you all running around here with a big stick on your neck. But if that would keep you inside of God's fence, you need it. Stop looking for the easy walk. And start listening to what God has to say. And what God tells you to go. Sometimes we have to walk through the briars and thicket and the brambles. To get to where God wants us. Life is not always easy. But as Jesus said, if you take my yoke upon you, my burden is light. I want you to notice one thing about that particular scripture. There is a burden. But it is light. Because God helps you carry it. Now, my question to you is, do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Number one thing. But before anything else. Do you have a relationship with Jesus? Have you asked him into your heart? Have you told him that you would do your very best to live for him? Have you asked him to forgive you of all your sins? If not, the very first and most important step is to get that taken care of. The next step is to follow him in beautiful baptism and join a church, a Bible-believing church. And I think this is one of them. And uh, I'll, I'll throw in a commercial. We would love to have you if you have. But first of all, do you know Jesus? Maybe you have stepped over the fence and have seen those eyes coming at you and thought it was a bull. And you have run back. But you haven't asked the Lord to forgive you yet. If you're in that situation... Come and let us pray for you. Ask God to forgive you, and he will. Where do you stand with the Lord? Would you stand with me, please? As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in and through your life, and we would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, simply go to www.tbccentralia.com forward slash next. You see, here at TBCC, it's our mission to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ who walk by faith and not by sight.